Hello YouTube. Welcome back to another story. Now the story is called The Old House. Sit back, relax, and listen. My family and I moved into a new house. The family that lived there before us were very elderly and died in the house, but we didn't mind it. It was a very nice house for how cheap it was. We moved in and everything was fine for the first three days. On the fourth day, we started hearing noises in the floor, but we didn't think much of it because it's a pretty old house, and old houses make creepy noises. The noises started getting louder every night, and it sounded like a woman saying words, but couldn't understand them. We started looking around and found a door in the kitchen. Behind the paint, it was sealed up. So my dad and I opened up the door and went into the basement. And what we found was horrifying. There was a pool of blood on the ground and on the wall it said, two days left. We went back upstairs and called the police. They didn't do nothing, of course. Today I'm writing this and I hope, today I'm writing this and it would be zero days left. I haven't heard any noises and I really think things are going to be bad. This next story is called My Disembodied Head. My story begins on a hot summer night in Central California. I had just moved into a new home and had my brother staying for a visit. My boyfriend was working a late shift and usually didn't come home till around 2 or 3 a.m. So on this night, I was alone in bed. It was around 1 a.m. I woke up suddenly to the unsettling feeling that someone was watching me. The window directly next to my side of the bed faces the backyard and I had the window open and blinds drawn in from hope and hope in the hope of some kind of breeze. As I opened my eyes, about two feet away, I saw what looked like to be a young female child staring dead at me through the screen. I froze, holding my breath because although this seemed to be a child, she didn't exactly look alive and well. Her gaze and facial expression were very unveering. She wasn't blinking or making a sound. I couldn't see more than just a face. No body seemed to be there as if it was just a floating head. Thinking it to be a mix of a dream somehow being projected into reality or my eyes playing tricks on me, I blinked a couple of times thinking she would disappear, but she didn't. I jumped out of bed and quickly shut the blinds. I paced in a circle near the window, wondering if I should open it again and see if she was gone, but, but I was terrified it'd be like a jump scare in a movie and something would burst through the screen. I sat on the bed for a minute, staring at the shut blinds, totally freaked out and in disbelief of what was happening. Although I've had many paranormal experiences, I've never actually seen a ghost face to face. After I stopped having a mini panic attack, I woke up in my I woke up my brother in the living room and told him what I what I had seen. He half asleep jumped off the couch thinking it was an intruder and immediately ran out of the backyard to look. He looked all around the bushes and even went out the front yard to look if he could see anyone fleeing the area. 
we found no one and we couldn't even debunk the situation. I've never had anything super creepy happen in this home, although the house is pretty old, so I wouldn't doubt the possibility of there being a death in the home or the property. Some nights when I lay when I'm laying in my bed, I wonder if I'll ever see her again, peeking through my blinds. But needless to say, I haven't slept with my window open ever again, even on the most pleasant of nights. This next story is called Betty the Doll. I moved my family to a new house after a job promotion. We picked an antique two-story house on a quiet country road with hardly any neighbors. My wife and I fell in love with the new home immediately. We wondered why the original owners just stopped and left. A little girl was exploring every secret the house had to offer. She opened every door, checked every room, lifted up every carpet. She found nothing interesting until she found a small door by the stairs. She opened it to find a fully dressed porcelain doll. She eyed it with interest and showed it to us. My wife and I decided it must have been from the previous owners and debated if we should contact them. Our daughter protested, saying that she would take care of her. We relented on the issue and she named the doll Betty. Out of all of her toys and games, she loved Betty the most. She did everything with her, even had a full-length talks with her, and even gave her a voice. We also had an extra seat at the table for Betty to eat with us. With hardly any other kids around, I think my little girl really made a friend in Betty when she had none. She was very possessive with Betty as well. Anytime we tried separating them, our daughter would start throwing a fit. One night, we told her Betty wouldn't join us for dinner. And she threw her dinner plate on the floor and screamed at us. We sent her to her room without Betty. We'll be locked in the tiny room she came from. I walked past the stairs later that night to find the tiny door open. I went right to my daughter's room thinking that she had, she must have snuck downstairs to get Betty. Sure enough. I found Betty sitting on her bed, staring at the doorway. I went over to pick the doll up by its neck. A sharp pain dug into the skin between my thumb and the index finger, and I dropped Betty on the carpeting fo carpeted floor. I looked and found the bite mark on my neck on my hand. The pain was sharp and burning. I heard the running of tiny feet behind me and turned to find Betty back on my daughter's bed. Betty hasn't left my daughter's side since then. This next story is called Grandma's House. Hurry before it gets too dark, her mother warned. The candles dance weakly, the source of their movement in an open window in the kitchen. Red packed the cupcakes and thermons of soup into her bag. It was but a, a 15 minute walk to her grandma's house. She would be okay. A candle cast long shadows on the wall on the wall as the mother and daughter packed all the goodies to be delivered to grandma. If you get scared a lot, phone me. I'll come pick you up, mother told her, with a touch of fear in her voice. Red's little trip to her grandma's house always made her feel uneasy. Growing up, herself, 
she heard countless stories of the of the menses uh, in the woods that preyed on the children. But they were just that stories. It was getting dark, clouds rolling through the sky and covering the setting sun. This would not be too much of an inconvenience for Red, as her mobile phone was equipped with a built-in flashlight. Gone were the days of children, wandering blindly around the dark. Now, she had a phone and enabled her location to be shown to her mother, a flashlight, as well as a local police station on speed dial. All things considered, mother felt a bit more at ease. Packed and ready, mother gave Red a kiss on the cheek, coupled with a with a tight hug and the parting words of, Be safe, honey. Stay on the path and call me when you get there. I love you. Hood on, bag on back. Rad walked out of the door, calling back her love, calling back her love and affection to her mother. Her mother had told her the stories many times, and even played over in her head as she walked alone. In every bush she saw, in every corner she walked around, she expected the menacence to be to be waiting. She could hear its footsteps keeping pace with hers as she walked. She knew it wasn't really there, but the thoughts were scary at all the time. She pulled around her hood, her red hood, a gift from her sweet old grandma, higher up over her head and continued her brisk walk. Red extracted the wonder of the century from her pocket and and pushed the buttons that instructed the device to illuminate her path. It wasn't dark yet, but the bright light was comforting. She glanced over her shoulder, having felt the sensation of someone walking in tandem with her. All that accompanied her was her shadow, breathing a sigh of relief. She set her eyes back upon her path. A blare shot across her path a few good meters ahead of her, Unsure of what it was in the dark, Red began to run. The phone light bounced as she ran, causing the shadows to dance all around her. Maybe it was a dog, she thought, or a raccoon. She didn't know what she saw, but she knew it moved quickly. She wasn't far from Grandma's house now. Maybe she should call her mother, she thought in a panic. Reasoning took over her and... She figured calling her would mean she would have to stop. She certainly was not going to stop with whatever was behind her. Red could feel her face getting hot. She ran, tears began to stream down her face. What if it's a menace? She thought it to herself. This caused her to sob heavily, snot and tears merging as one on her face. She pawed at her eyes, trying to wipe the tears while running as fast as she could. The blur was even more blurry with tears in her eyes. She looked up in the darkness and stood before her. It appeared to be a wolf, although somewhat human. It was covered in hair and the snarls emitted, shook red to her, to her core. It circled around her, vulnerable child snapping at her angles. Red closed her eyes and covered her head. She screamed as loud as she could, who was to hear a young girl all alone in the woods.
The snarling stopped. Red didn't even notice as her sobs drowned out the other sound. She lifted her body slowly, unsure if it was a trick to expose herself. She saw a torchlight bouncing towards her. Her grandma's worries cried, ringing out the light. Red, Red, baby, I'm coming. I'm coming, sweetheart. Red had never been so happy to see her grandma. Grandma. Red shuddered. It's real. The menace is real. It chased me and attacked me. Red let out with another heavy sob. Honey, you tripped and fell on the path. I could just about make you out from my porch. You bolted towards me. I thought you could see me. The next thing I knew, you went over heels on the floor. Red shook her head and tried to argue. Grandma cradled her head and soothed her. Let's get you inside and put something on this scrape of, on your knee. Foam forgotten, Grandma and Red walked slowly inside, where it was warm and smelled like cookies and love. Red set the basket down on the kitchen table and sat down heavily on the chair. Her knee was bleeding slightly and she winched in pain. Just one second, honey, Grandma told her. Let me get you something to help with that. Red sack tears still rolling down gently cheek. She immediately began to feel better. Her grandma's kitchen fond memories of baking and good cooking. She loves grandma. She loved coming to grandma's house. Grandma returned, first kid first aid kit in hand, knee bandaging cookie in hand. Red felt a whole lot better. Grandma pinched her cheeks and smiled. My, oh my, aren't those cheeks chubby, she claimed. She exclaimed. You're so cute, I could just eat you. They both laughed and hugged each other. Grandma stood up before saying, Red, dear, it's been so nice having you over. You're someone I want to introduce you to. The kitchen door was open, and Red felt her heart sink. It walked in upright, face twisted in a snarl, Sevalia spilling. It was a man, but also a wolf, the teeth, oh god, Red could see them clearly. Its eyes were cold and dead. It was a nightmare personified. Here's my little pet honey, Grandma said. He's been dying to eat you. This last story is called The Akuma. I live in Osaka and my name is Mayu. 